0: Welcome to another episode of Crash Chords Autographs. I, of course, am Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon. Before we get into this week's episode, I, of course, want to thank my patrons, Rob, Robert, Case, and MJ. If you'd like to support me, this show, and all the other things I do, you can go to patreon.com slash stormageddon. Also, I've started streaming more regularly over on twitch.tv. If you go to twitch.tv slash dj underscore stormageddon, I've been streaming things like adodyne 2. Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. I have a weekly um, Let's Play stream with Katie Bug, uh, and we're playing Stardew Valley and Farming Badly. Um, It's a lot of fun, so come hang out if you like that sort of thing. Um, But now, on to this week's episode, which is, of course, with the incredible word burglar. Um, I've known him for a bit of time now. Uh, I've been a fan of his work through the Nerdcore scene, and I've always really wanted to have him on the show, and I'm so happy that I was able to grab him for a quick Skype chat and go over some of the reasons why I love him and his work. Um, He's got a new album coming out soon called Space Verse, all about, of course, space and sci-fi. You should check that out. The first single is out now. You can go to Bandcamp to find out more. Um, Just look up Word Burglar. But for now, here's my interview with the incredible Canadian badass known as the Word Burglar. (laughs) Well, Word burglar, thank you for joining me on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time.
1: My pleasure, Stormageddon. Do you prefer Stormageddon, Stormageddon? <laughs> Stormageddon what's, works what's just
0: good? fine. Okay, Word. Um uh, yeah, I I've been wanting to have you on the show since I saw you you opened um Megaran and MC Lars were on tour and they were playing in Brooklyn. This had to be over 5 years ago maybe or 4 Whoa. years ago. Ye- um
1: yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe at that. I guess I'm. Trying, I'm trying I feel to like it was maybe three or four years, or oh, maybe
0: like, three or four. If you
1: told me it was five, I would believe you. It's... I mean, I, I honestly, <laughs> it all blurs
0: together. But yeah. you were there with more or less, and it's the first time I had seen either of you perform. I had not. I had not been exposed to your awesome rhymes. And after that show, I was talking to Lars, who I'd known. I've known for a while just from seeing him around the scene. And I was like dude, what's up with Word Burglar? I've never heard his stuff before. He's like, Word Burglar? He's been around forever. You've definitely heard his stuff. And so, of course, I went back through my previous catalog, and I realized there was a song I had heard of yours way back when, and it was uh, the one you did with MC Frontalot back in the day about Canadia.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Where you and... uh early
1: on Final Boss. I think that's on that record.
0: Yep. It was yeah. you and Jesse Dangerously, and yeah. like... I went back immediately, I was like, oh, of course I know. And that's kind of the route I go listening to Nerdcore. Like, I'll hear someone feature on something else, and now with Spotify, you can go down, like, the rabbit hole, and, like, all right, well, who does this guy worked with? What albums does he have? Um, and, of course, I've been binging your stuff ever since. Uh, I've become quite a big fan. So... Um, oh, I appreciate first,
1: that. Thank you. Thanks, dude.
0: Um, and so, first, I want to actually start by talking about your newest full-length record, which was Rhyme Your Business, which came out back in 2018, um what i love about this record is that it's very it's very open about how nerdy you are and just about where you come from like between rental patient and input blitz and like even rhyme your business like it seems like the concept for that album is just what if everything that was about word burglar was on a record was that always the goal for that record yeah, you got it. I'm. I'm. A, that's awesome. That's that's
1: <laughs> that's it. I mean, basically, it's just rhyme your business. You, you know, it means tell it like it is. And that's just me, just being like, hey, this is me. Like, this is stuff I like. This is where I've come from. This is how I like to rap. These are the different topics I like to to rhyme about. So it, it, it's all that stuff. And uh, I mean, obviously, every record should be that in some way. Um, But yeah, I'm glad that that came through. Um, Yeah, I'm really, really happy with how that record came together. So
0: happy Um, it made it to you. I remember we talked when you were in New York recently, I was complimenting you on Input Blitz and your line about uh, body slamming a phantom train just because I am an old school Final Fantasy fan. But I actually wanted to talk about Input Blitz and collaborating with Mega Ran, which you've done a few times. When a song like that comes to be, is it like you're tossing around ideas and you reach out to him? Is it collaborative from the beginning? Like, how does the process of the kind of song like that come together? Uh, Yeah. Every time I obviously
1: any guests I work with, it's always like I I think about, well, what would be a good song to do with this person? Or we talk and, you know, Ran and I were like, oh, we haven't done a a full just a track, the two of us together. Uh, I don't actually that might be the first track that's just both of us together, Mm -hmm. like, We've done a bunch of other like posse cuts and stuff. Uh, So obviously, you know, Ran is uh, he's a king and and he loves his video games and, and his video game raps. So if I you know, I knew if I was coming at him with a video game concept, I wanted to make sure that it was something that unique that he really hadn't done before so yeah the idea it stemmed from exactly like you're saying like final fantasy six or three as we knew it in north america back in the day uh when sabin or i don't know if you say sabin sabin what what would you how would you pronounce
0: i i've heard it both ways but i think so uh, uh, a little known fact about me that i'm going to sell myself out is i only played final fantasy six or three in the states Within the last few years, I had not played it when it first came out. And so I was in my own little bubble playing this game. So I always said Sabin because I hadn't heard it anywhere. Hey, that I always said Sabin as well. And
1: it's anyways in the game for anyone who's played it, who, who knows it like, you know it. Sabin's that was sort of that first character in an RPG where you had to input a different type of control for fighting at least it was the first time i'd encountered it as opposed to just like a you know a point and click and select from a menu of how you're gonna fight like when sabin came up you had to input basically like street fighter style uh key movements right like you know like if you were doing like a dragon ball in street fighter 2 or or not dragon ball like you know like (laughs) rayu's fireball or dragon uppercut or tiger uppercut and you you name it and so i always thought that that was kind of cool it's like you know what that's just how you do it and that's sort of i thought well maybe this is a concept that ran and i you know it sort of applies to what we do we just sort of figure stuff out and do things our way and kind of carve our own paths and obviously love video games and yeah i pitched him the concept and and he was down for it right away and then uh, i worked on this beat with mr e who's a collaborator i I work with a lot here in canada and he's just a monster beat maker (laughs) and the i mean it turned out way better than i could have imagined of course ran came through with just crazy rhymes and yeah any chance we get to collaborate is is always a pleasure and uh, he's yeah he's been on a few of my records i've been on a couple of his and so this this was nice just the two of us to to get nerdy with you know there's a lot of of rpg uh references in there and and some good kind of deep cuts to some games and comic books and stuff so um, yeah yeah well
0: and your your love of gaming goes pretty deep i mean you have a whole rap song about the game narc uh And your high score on it, if I recall correctly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a true story. I had the high score for NARC on NES in Nintendo Power back in the uh, early 90s. And um, (laughs) I had it for one month before somebody obliterated it. But I do have the the noted uh, accolade of being the first (laughs) ever to get a, a high score for NARC in Nintendo Power. So. Yeah, Yeah, what's
0: what's cool about that one also is that obviously it's a true story, which is really neat and and, you know, but uh, I have to ask now, because, you know, we're both not young gentlemen. We're, you know, old enough that we remember gaming's days of yore. Have you ever played, like, the that track live and people, like, ha- see confused faces? Like, what's NARC? I don't understand. Like, what game is that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do. it. I mean, that's sort of in the song. I I try and explain the game as right. best I can. And uh, But, you know, you'd be surprised. A, a lot of people do no narc it was pretty notorious in arcades it's also in the ninja turtles movie if you've ever seen the first ninja oh my turtles god live action right movie. yeah so Holy there's crap. a kid playing that in like that really cool warehouse where like all uh-huh. the bad kids who are getting like trained by the foot clan to to steal they all get to play video games and drink like tab and stuff <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> they get all the free pop and soda they want and
0: uh exactly they play narc yeah, Nark. yeah. I appreciate that we're of a similar age just by looking at some of the tracks on your previous records, like the fact that you have one of your bigger singles off of uh, Rhyme Your Business is a rental patient, which is all about renting video games and movies, a thing that just doesn't exist anymore. Um, It's just a thing that you don't have to do. And I love that in the song you kind of set the stage like you're like, this is a thing we had to do back in the day. Um, w- uh, when coming up with a concept like that, is that just thinking about things from your past and like, what can I rhyme about that would be fun or a f- you know, a fun story to tell? Yeah, well, I've obviously loved and
1: lament not being able to go to a video store anymore, as much as it's super cool to put on any movie you want on your TV or computer now. But, you know, some of my best memories, especially we're recording this in the summer. I remember in the summer, like just going and killing time at a video store for hours with my friends and just picking out movies. And, you know, we just stay up late and watch movies and. Renting videos was was such a big part of my youth, and I actually got the idea for the song when I was babysitting my niece, uh, who is six now. And she, she, I was just babysitting her, and I realized she's never going to know what it's like to go to a dirty video store and yeah. like, you know, go through all these boxes and try and guess at what might be a good movie or see <laughs> films. The cool thing was, you would see stuff that you would never ever see. Yeah, Like, you know, you could be looking at movies that were out in the 90s, but then you walk down an aisle and there's all these movies from the 60s or 70s that you're like, what are these? And maybe if the box art was crazy, you might take a risk on it and find a really cool movie, right? Like, I discovered so many gems that way just when they were just like a cheap rental. You could get like seven movies for seven bucks and, and you know, for on all the older films and just rediscovering crazy movies and stuff.
0: So... Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, it bit, just came
1: naturally, I guess. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I was a big blockbuster kid myself. We had one near my house when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And I remember how quickly the disappointment would set in if you rented it. Either if you got to the store and the game you've been waiting for for months is still not in. Right. And then you take a chance on a game, you bring it home, you pop it in the Super Nintendo, and within 10 minutes you've died 30 times. And you're uh, like, well, this, this sucks. Like, that's why? it. You know? And, and it's funny, too, because now, like, there's... There's no rentals, really. Gamefly still kind of exists. But, mm-hmm. like, I miss renting games because it was you got to know if a game was any good. Now, like, I have bought games on my Nintendo Switch digitally. And after, like, a half hour, I've been like, oh, I don't really like this. And you can't return it. Like, that's it. It's done. You you own it forever, even if you've only played it for 10 minutes.
1: Absolutely. And that's really when word of mouth or a video game magazine was a huge deal. Like, I would read the magazines and sort of plan what I'd be renting months in advance, you know? hmm Just based on, I used to read, like, Electronic Gaming Monthly. Like, I love Nintendo Power, but EGM, I always felt, was kind of the best video game magazine. It covered all the systems, and they kind of had the most attitude, and they'd be really honest with you if a game sucked or if it was great. And I discovered some real crazy gems just from reading EGM, and anyways yeah but that would be that was kind of the closest thing you had to any kind of guide to to renting a game but then you'd still rent something you're like oh this is the worst the controls are bad or yeah you just
0: it just sucked (laughs) (laughs) um so let's talk a little bit about like how you got into rap music i'm sure you answer this question all the time but were you always listening to hip-hop growing up was that a thing that you were always into since you were a kid yeah,
1: absolutely. I just, I rap was just always around when I was a kid. I I didn't even really know that it was different. I mean, my parents had a lot of cool records and played a lot of like Motown and uh, you know disco and to the Beatles to just I don't know Elton John or whatever. Like I remember the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack constantly too, like a lot of disco stuff. So I always liked stuff with with beats and then, but rap just as soon as I heard it, I just loved the way. They were rapping. I love the way the beats were made. And I mean, I think a lot about what my earliest rap records were. I mean, my earliest memories are like DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Mm -hmm. Prince um, and like Run DMC and And then, like, Public Enemy. And basically, like, once I got into one or two, we used to get these mixtapes. It was called Rap Tracks. And it'd basically be this amazing compilation of the top, like, 15 rap songs of that year. And then you would get everything from DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince to Eric B and Rakim to, like, all this stuff. So I would just get all these tapes from, like, my friend's older brothers or, like, kids on the schoolyard. And, yeah, just always loved it and I just always I was writing rhymes I think like my first first rhymes I wrote were maybe grade five and I I remember calling myself S.J. Jazzy Jordan because <laughs> <laughs> my name's Sean Jordan and my initials are S.J. and of course I listen to DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince so S.J. Sure. Jazzy Jordan it just it just <laughs> happened That's so then I great. just kind of and I just would always just say rhymes and just I never really thought anything about it and then into junior high i be doing rhymes at like school talent shows and just rapping like other kids I knew at my school rapped. And so I would like just hang out with other kids and, and rhyme and people always invite me to come and rap with them. And I just kind of always did it and, and never really stopped. So I I definitely, you know, I'm, I'm partial to the, the really old school stuff. Um, but like probably like nineties, 90s rap is where my heart really lies like you know just that era of like nas and wu-tang and everything like mid to late 90s was just like anything from that era to this day it's just like oh it speaks to me
0: yeah, yeah. i i'm i'm the same way when it comes to hip-hop for me like buster rhymes mm-hmm. when i was coming up in the 90s this human cartoon character and his music videos and like that like it was the mtv era and how someone like him could make the video for gimme some more and i was like what what is happening what am i watching and it only made more fast me more fascinated but i remember watching fresh prince of bel-air and going and like hearing him rap and be like oh this is pretty good and like my friends would shake their head and be like dude that's cuz he's a rapper like he's not just on tv you can listen to his stuff and i remember diving into the fresh prince stuff way after the fact and like falling in love with it sure. and discovering and then discovering nerdcore afterwards i was like oh people like me make songs about stuff that i'm into cuz like you know, there was I loved a lot of rap music, but it not a lot of it growing up was about the things that I was into, like card games and, and video games and, and TV and movies. Um, uh, one of the things that I think is really interesting about your raps specifically versus a lot of other nerdcore artists is that you don't just rap about video games and TVs and movies, although you do do that. But you also rap about sports, which as a non-sport, not really a sports guy, I love that I now know names of players And like hockey players specifically that I would have never known before I started listening to your apps. Was there ever a hesitance to do that since, you know, nerddom can be kind of protective of things that aren't considered, quote unquote, nerdy? Or did you not care? You just wanted to do songs about sports?
1: Yeah, no, I I have never cared about anything. <laughs> I mean, I was rapping before I'd ever heard what nerdcore was. Like uh-huh. to me, I like I love nerdcore. I'm so happy that nerdcore exists and that I am included when people talk about nerdcore. It's like the best feeling. I love it. And I'm yeah, I'm absolutely nerdcore. But what I was just, I always say I'm a rapper first. And that's, Mm -hmm. I've just always been a rapper. And I was always rapping about whatever I liked, whether it was sports or pizza or video (laughs) games or Star Wars. And I just. That's just, to me, what rappers, and I mean, you know, I mentioned like Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang used to always mention comic book characters, and they'd always mention, obviously, all the kung fu stuff. Sure, and then yeah. they it was mixed with all their life and growing up in like New York and Staten Island and everything. And I mean, you know, there's so many other artists like that. And I was exposed to a lot of underground rap as a kid, and there was like a tons of other creative stuff going on. And, I mean, it's certainly in the Halifax scene where I grew up, Halifax, Nova Scotia, in East Coast, Canada, we had a great underground rap scene and where DJs would share a lot of underground records, like, I heard, I don't know. I could go on and on and name stuff. Anyways... <laughs> uh, like i've just always rapped about w- stuff i like which to me is true and like it's i owe that to my listeners to be honest to rap about stuff i like plus it's also the kind of raps i want to hear so if no one's ever rapped about bill mozieanko who has the fastest hat trick in nhl history i'm like yeah i'm going to rap about that cuz i i like that you know For, or i want to rap about some obscure gi joe comic books that i yeah. loved as a kid So anyway, so that's to me, it's just I'm a rapper first and my duty as a rapper is to keep it real and rap the stuff I know and love and try and do it in the best way possible.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. And
1: so, yeah, I never worry about, oh, is this too nerdy or not too nerdy or whatever? I mean, it's just this is me like this is just who I am. Now I'm super nerdy about it rap and about sports <laughs> as much as I am about video games or comic books so uh it's just who I am so uh, so that's why I think nerdcore it's like yeah when I've heard about nerdcore I'm like well yeah that's that is me like people were calling me nerdcore before I even fully knew what it was so uh and luckily sure. I, I met people in the scene and they were all awesome and yeah it's been great
0: Yeah. uh, One thing I love about the scene is how supportive it is and Mm. how everyone just pushes each other up. And I mean, you could talk about how, you know, you you whether there's intent or not to be nerdy because your music speaks for itself on what you're nerdy about and what you like, which is really great. Like your most recent EP, of course, being about Star Wars and, of course, Canada, where you're from um i remember we talked online quite a bit and in person when i saw you about toronton which i love (laughs) as someone who's never even been to canada i want to visit i've not been yet but like to me it's just a great song about how can we make things in canada sound like things in star wars also i think the word (laughs) toronton is just a fun word to say the idea of uh, a tauntaun uh being called the toronton because he's from toronto um how did that ep come to be did you you just were thinking about star wars and wanted to throw some stuff together (laughs) and also rap about your hometown
1: yeah, I mean, you know what? I came up with that name, Toronton. I was like, this has to be something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how could yeah. it not, right? Yeah, and then, of course, the people who live in Edmonton are mad I didn't do the Edmonton-ton and the Saskatchewan, <laughs> they're mad there's no Saskatchewan-ton and on and on-ton and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, I hey look, I love Star Wars, and uh, I've, my new project I'm working on. It's a full length album called Space Verse, which I'm hoping it should be out by very early fall, if not end of summer. Oh, awesome. and yeah, so it's all sci fi stuff. So it's a lot of different tracks. Actually, we were talking about Mega Ran. There's a remix of a track I did with Mega Ran and Cool Keith on there. There's a few Star Wars songs. Uh, there's some Transformers stuff on there visionaries star trek doctor who and then just sort of general fun sci-fi stuff and it's just stuff i love and i was just kind of like hey you know i i could talk about star wars forever and i haven't really done any star wars song i I guess i've done like maybe one or two in the past but uh, i was like yeah it's time i had a i I just had a couple ideas for these star wars tracks so i put them out and and people kind of dug them and obviously there's thousands of Star Wars songs out there but uh, I thought that I had a take on them that hadn't been done yet so I was uh, that's why I made them
0: <laughs> that's awesome that's very cool and so what I'm curious then with the new record being focused on sci-fi versus the previous couple of records kind of being more general just about you and what you do do you find that harder or easier to write when you're within a specific like genre or focus
1: oh I mean hey I could rap about myself all day <laughs> 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 no, it, it that's a good question. i I love having a focus, getting a theme when like when the concept is right, and the, i it's just I, I love it. And I always try and include concept tracks on all my records. Um, but yeah, d- definitely keeping it to one focus, it's super fun. And it's like, Hey, all right, this is all sci-fi. Like I'd only really done that before on welcome to Cobra Island, which is all themed around like GI Joe comics and stuff. It was just like a fun project I did in 2013. Um, and that was sort of, that really just stuck to one concept where, um, yeah, I, you're in this world on the sci-fi album. There's a few tracks definitely where I, I step back and it's, it's sort of a, a heightened version of myself in a space situation, but yeah, for the most part, I'm taking on characters, and I've just sort of created a new character and interjected it into that world. So, like with Toronto, obviously, we're talking about a, the fictitious Toronto, Tauntaun who moves to Toronto. For those, <laughs> for those of you listening who haven't picked that up yet, because <laughs> you know the the climate's pretty similar in Canada and Hoth. I mean, you know, sure, yeah, cool. I can
0: see it. I appreciate also at the end of that track that you like do the shout outs to those other tauntauns and like you have the Winnipeg (laughs) like I I enjoy really cheesy wordplay and that stuff is pretty good with gags like that at the end of a song. Do you like just think like throw out as many puns as you can just like jot down as many as you can in a row and see how many you can come up with.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty much it. Or I just ad lib a whole bunch in the booth. And then usually if I can make like the engineer laugh at something, I'm like, all right, keep that in, keep that in the in the song. So a lot of it is just done sort of like first take raw. Like, let's just do this. And I can usually tell right away from the reaction, because a lot of times they're like, "Uh, I don't know what the hell you're saying. I'm like, well, you know, this is for that one friend of mine who's going to get this obscure reference to who jibs from Marvel Star Wars comics. So I leave it in there. Right. Or I'll talk about like quintessons from Star- uh, Transformers or something. And, uh, you know, some, I, I just love getting out of the booth in the studio and, and I record with some incredibly talented engineers, you know, shout out Fresh Kills and Timbuktu and Beat Mason and all these great people that I work with. And, and but sometimes I'll just say rhymes and and their reactions are the best because they, they're just like, it'll, it might be just way too obscure or nerdy for them and, they're right. like, I don't know what you're talking about, but, uh, you know, it sounds good. <laughs> it, it sounds real. And I'll be like, Oh, well, let me explain. This is actually because when Bib Fortuna, uh, greets as C3PO and returns the Jedi, uh, this, he says, you know, this is <laughs> nothing makes
0: a joke funnier than when you have to explain it to somebody. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. It's like when you get just a puzzled look and you're like, well, actually see, this is really funny because I'm referencing this one thing. I mean, uh, Anyone who knows you and knows your work would know that you're just a wee bit obsessed with G.I. Joe as you have done an entire record all about, more or less all about Cobra and the G.I. Joe. Um, Did you grow up watching a lot of those old school cartoons like G.I. Joe, Transformers, all that stuff? I imagine so, yeah?
1: Oh yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, they fed it straight to my uh, to my eyeballs. I would plug in my eyeballs into an old CRT television and just get like bombasted with GI Joe and Transformers for my entire youth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love them. I love the cartoons, like especially those two, GI Joe and Transformers. The the voice acting and directing, and yeah, obviously they're gonna they're they're designed to sell toys, but the people sure. making them were all super talented. They had incredible comic book writers writing the stories. They had crazy talented voice actors and directors directing these things. And based on what they had at the time, like, the animation turned out amazing. And, like, they created these, like, epic cinematic animated adventures for kids. And you know what? I... I, Bought into it hook, line, and sinker. Love Transformers, love G.I. Joe. And then, of course, I discovered all the comics and then just spent my life collecting and reading all the comic books for these characters and learning more about them. And yeah, for fun, escapist fantasy, uh, it's the best stuff. Um, And then when I did Welcome to Cobra Island, I had always, you know, I've always rapped about G.I. Joe or Transformers and Star Wars throughout all my albums, but focusing on it. It didn't start out that way. Like for Cobra Island, I just started with one song that I had an idea for who was like, you know, it was about this rapper who worked for Cobra because I was like, they've got all these other specialties. (laughs) They've never had a rapper. I could be that guy. This is finally my chance to get into Cobra all these years later. So um, and I also felt because I cared about this stuff so much, I'd always wanted to do something, but I didn't want to make it suck. So I felt that at that point in my career in 2013 that I had gotten good enough as, at a, as a rapper that I felt comfortable that I could like tackle this stuff in a way that was going to be cool and wouldn't just seem like hacky or whack. And that I knew the producers that I was working with were like at the top of their game and the beats were going to be crazy. And then all the turntablism and cuts are just going to be amazing. And it just... As I started to write, I just couldn't stop writing, and this whole concept album just unfolded, and I had to record it, and it's still it's out there, it's for free, if anyone listening hasn't heard it, you can go on Bandcamp, just type in $0, get it, welcome to Cobra Island, it's out there, and I think it's one of the coolest things that has happened to G.I. Joe in a while, if I do say so myself, because <laughs> there hasn't been a lot of great stuff from that, uh, other than the action figures in a while, and um you know the comics are still coming out and they're they're great but uh you know it's fan fiction and yeah I always joke I could go on about G.I. Joe forever because because I love it but I wanted to do a good album and I wanted to do justice to something that I really cared about and make it dope as hell and really you know kind of own it and be like hey look I wanted to raise the bar for a G.I. Joe rap album. So (laughs) if anybody else wants to do one, great. Go ahead. But I wanted to make sure the one I did was the best possible one that I could do in 2013. So I'm I feel like I accomplished that. So I I would
0: agree. Absolutely. (laughs) So and it sounds like to me you're not a fan of the new movies or the new like I know they've (laughs) done some stuff that's been less than great. I guess people could say, with the franchise.
1: Yeah, they did some cool cartoons, like G.I. Joe Resolute, if anyone yeah. listening cares. That's really, really dope. And G.I. Joe Renegades was a really good cartoon attempt as well. But the movies were, I just thought, abysmal. And uh, it's a real shame that they, they couldn't figure it out because there's a lot of great content that they could have done, a lot of great ways they could have done it. And um, But, you know, that's what, you know, starting a. <laughs> I don't want to get into that, like, fan, you know, entitlement or something. But, you know, it's something that you care about when you see somebody, like, do a crappy job. Like, I remember when that Green Lantern movie came out. It was like, oh, man, Green Lantern could be so good. Um, I mean, you just look at the Marvel movies and see how well that they've adapted that source material, which some of it is just completely indigestible if you are not, like, a diehard comic book fan. And now, like, Thanos is a household name. Yeah, I it's
0: incredible. That's one of those things where if you told me 10 years ago that we would have a movie with Thanos in it, I would have never believed you. And the fact that now at this point, Marvel could literally say they're putting Kang the Conqueror in the next movie. And I'd be like, all right, sure. Why not? Oh, I hope they do. (laughs) (laughs) Because they've just they've there's a ubiquity to it. That's kind of good because it's just they've made it so digestible that people who were afraid to engage with that kind of material now have a kind of Cliff Notes version that they're like. I can enjoy this thing that other people enjoy and enter into that conversation.
1: Sure, yeah, exactly.
0: And I feel like I feel like bringing it back to the music that a lot of really great rap music and hip hop that tells stories or shares stories that people aren't familiar with, they can be uh, something that really brings you in, especially when they come from the heart. I mean, what I love about your work is that everything that you rap about—that's personal to one degree or another, whether it's about a thing you like or something in your life—it it doesn't feel overblown or um, performative. It just, you know, to a degree, there is just from the comedy and the way you actually perform, but it doesn't feel fake. Like all of it feels like it's coming from the heart and from a real place. It feels like you work really hard to make sure that these things come across naturally.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, I do. Well, I've I've always had a a saying with the raps I make, you know, if it rhymes, it's real. And so uh, (laughs) I always try and live by that. You know, if it rhymes, it's real. So I got to make it real. And um, and that's awesome. Thank you, man. I'm uh, I'm honored to hear you say that. So it's really cool.
0: Well, I just I tell the truth. You know, if you were terrible, I tell you, but you're not. (laughs) Don't worry about it.
1: Hey, you know, I'm still still working on it. Still (laughs) trying to get better.
0: Um, Are there any subjects that you've tried to approach or things you've tried to put a song to that you just can't make work right that you're still trying to, like, find a way to get out there?
1: Hmm. Yes, I've got uh, a whole like a whole document on my desktop computer of all these song concepts that I've just been compiling over the years. And, you know, you mentioned rental patient earlier. That was one that was a concept that had been up there for a little bit. Before I could crack the code on it, and I always like I've said this, I always need a good entry point. Like, what is my perspective? What is my in to this idea, this concept? How, yeah, how is it going to be the most honest? And what is an approach that I can can write to it from? Um, so, uh, you know, in terms of like actual concepts there's a million. I mean, I don't want to throw any out because they're still, I'm still working on them now. So I don't, I don't want somebody to be like, yo, that's a good idea. I want to use that. <laughs> I don't want someone to burgle my words. If you will uh, say, but there's dumb stuff. Like I had this idea for a, a concept called cat go scared my friend. And <laughs> Cause one night I was walking in the park with a friend of mine and we saw this like shadow and it was like, a cat it I was like what was it it, was like, it looked like a cat ghost <laughs> It was like <laughs> a cat ghost scared my friend so I always thought that could be a funny song but then how do you make that a 3 minute song right. um which is a fun challenge so if I sit down you know for a day or two and just really try and hammer it out I can probably get to cat ghost scared my friend. But uh...
0: (laughs) I I feel like if Frontalot can do a song about the fainting goat and the fainting goat meme, you can you can make that ghost cat song happen someday. Exactly
1: right. Like you can make a song about anything Uh, and that's, you know, but it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be catchy and fun. And like, I, like you know, I have inside jokes with a lot of my friends as we all do. And that's where a lot of, a lot of my ideas come from. And like a friend of mine will remind me of some joke we used to laugh about a million years ago. And I'm like, oh yeah. And then my adult perspective on it might unlock something that, that helps me, uh, find a cool concept for a song in it. But, um, yeah, I,
0: I, 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 don't know. Um, um, I'm curious a little bit about your writing process. Um, when you're putting lyrics together, do you wait till you have a beat to, to rap over or do you sometimes put the lyrics together before you even know what the beat sounds like? I'm all over
1: the place. Yeah, if I, I I'll write to old beats or sometimes I'll write if I don't have any new beats, I'll listen to like some of my favorite like rap beats from the 90s and I'll just start writing to that and then uh, others times uh, a producer might just send me a batch of new beats and I'm not even thinking about a song and then I go through their beats and I hear one beat and I'm like oh man that beat would be perfect it sounds like Cat Ghost Scared My Friend so then maybe I'll like open up Cat Ghost Scared My Friend and start writing to that beat so I, I don't really have one specific way I've kind of learned over the years to just write a million different ways Um that's uh yeah a dope beat will totally spark my imagination but other times and then other times I'll write to a completely different beat and just be waiting for the right beat uh I also dig a lot for samples I'm always looking for new things and like I'll hear a new sample and be like oh this makes me think of that and so I, I really try and have no handcuffs and just come at it from in, in every possible direction and that usually adds for a nice uh, little cornucopia of, uh, of magic. <laughs> that's
0: amazing. I feel like I'm always jealous of artists or creators who are like, I have this one process. It's how I do everything. And that's, you know, I just do it every time. I'm like, how, how do you do that? Like, I don't understand how to approach the, I I never approach the same project twice. I've just always got to find the way that it works best or what's most efficient. And sometimes that's a completely different angle. Mm-hmm um so you said that you may have this new record out this fall any plans for some singles to drop before the new record comes uh well i'm hoping yeah i'm hoping i
1: can announce it
0: officially
1: very soon like i'm not sure exactly when this is airing but i'm hoping by like mid to late august i'll be able to announce it and usually what i like to do if if all goes as planned i can release a, a single with like the bandcamp advance uh-huh. so i i like to work with bandcamp and uh, put up like, you know, if you put up a full album there and then you don't release the album for a couple weeks, but you can release like one single uh, just to sort of get the word out for people and, and like whet their appetite, because now, you know, we're we are bombarded with so many different things sometimes people you know bump into people and they're like hey you haven't put out an album in like three years i'm like no i've actually put out three albums in the last two (laughs) years (laughs) you know like where have you been uh so it it takes such a while for people to catch on to stuff and i'm still really pushing rhyme your business like i'm so proud of that record and i'm gonna keep promoting it i've been touring it for the last year and i'm gonna keep pushing rhyme your business space verse is just this uh, a fun sci-fi uh Hold over, I guess, until the next full length record as well. And I mean, it's a full album on its own, and I'm, I'm really proud of it. Um, But yeah, there will be there will be I haven't decided what's going to be the the official single, but there will be uh, at least one song uh, released in advance of the full album.
0: Awesome. Yeah, this this will probably drop in early August, so it may be Chill. fortuitous. And and once you announce the album, I'll of course, put links to it and stuff um, to make sure that I share everything. Um, one last thing I wanted to ask before we wrap up, uh, which is kind of a cheesy question, but I'm always curious how other people approach uh, giving advice and supporting others in the arts. Like, If you had to give advice, and I know it's an age-old question, if you had to give advice to someone who is trying to get into music or trying to pursue it, especially in a modern age where it's a little different than it was when we were growing up, what would be your best recommendation or advice to them? Something that maybe you didn't know when you were starting out that might make it easier for them. Do
1: it. <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. Put out some stuff. I mean, obviously, when I was first putting out songs in junior high, I wasn't putting stuff online. So I'm kind of glad some of that stuff's not up there now. But at the very least, at least record stuff and share it with your friends. Because my earliest songs, I would just... Record and share with my friends and then they started sharing it with their friends and next thing I knew I had new friends who had heard me from my friends So it was like like that was very honestly how how a lot of stuff happened for me So I I would just say just do it and record something write something Play it for friends and play it for a bunch of people get a bunch of different opinions Because you know a lot of people are just going to be very encouraging once they hear you do something and then be open to criticism. Be open to uh, to new ways, and yeah, do it. And assume you know nothing, and be <laughs> open to learning. Yes. Uh, because you never know what you're going to learn from. You could learn from if you're making rap, you might learn something from a country singer. You might learn something from uh, you know a construction worker. Like every part of life, you can learn something from. And uh, but yeah, the main thing. Just
0: do it. Put it out. You want to do something? Life's too short. Just put it out there. Do it. Awesome. Word Burglar, thank you for taking the time to chat with me, man. I really appreciate it. Yo, Storm again. It's been
1: a total pleasure. Thank you for taking time to uh, to have me on here. It's a real it's a real pleasure. It's great meeting you in New York and uh, happy to to reconnect here. So this has been real oh, dope. Thank you.
0: The, the last thing I'll ask you to do is we have a saying on the show, which is born out of, if you're making good art, your life will be pretty great. And the saying is, music is life and life is good. So if you would, just sign us off for the episode by saying that wonderful phrase. You don't even have to ask if I
1: would, because if you're making, what is it? If you're making art and you're making, I it, got
0: it If music is life and life is good.
1: Music is life and life is good. I'm sorry I had to ask you twice if I would, but I would always say that. You don't have to ask if I should, because Stormageddon, this has been an absolute pleasure. You are uh, the most good. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: thank you. This was a blast. Thank you, Word Burglar. Okay, peace, dude. That's it for this episode of Crash Chords Autographs. Our theme music is by Michael Kill. Our logo was designed by Case Aiken and Joey Mons. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Facebook. You'll help us reach more listeners. Questions, comments, or guest recommendations? Email matt.storm at crashchords.com or hit us up on Twitter at Crash Chords Web. Thanks for listening.
1: Hi, this is Victor Devon, and I am the host of We burlesque, the podcast. Every Monday, I talk to fabulous denizens of nightlife, including burlesque performers, both seasoned and new to the form, drag performers, performance artists, DJs, and artists who make up their respective scenes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Please visit weburlesque.com to check out episode recaps and see all the formats available. And remember that
0: music is life. Life is good.